of me not muted. What is going on to the most patient fan base out there? Let me just address everyone and start the show off by saying, I am sorry. We are 15 minutes late. Full transparency. I'm going to let you guys know something that someone who just applied for a job here doesn't know, and that is Trace and I had to kind of sit in with my bosses and review an applicant for a job opening we have, and someone applied for it. Meeting ran a little bit late. And I thought about saying, like, Trace and I really got to get going. We have a live show. But I could tell, like, if we did that, then this applicant would not have a really good chance of maybe getting the job. And I don't want to screw him over. So I was like, let's just take our time and let's go through this interview process fair and square to that guy. So we got off to a late start. And then the ultimate kicker was we were ready to go about five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. And my boss, like, peeks into the studio and was like, can I steal Trace for a minute? And I'm like... Can't say no, so yeah, go ahead. And uh, a minute turned into like eight minutes. So. Yeah, it, it was kind of wild. I figured that it would only be a 60 seconds, but it was here not. we are 600 <laughs> seconds later. So that's our bad. Hey, accountability. Hey, we make mistakes. We we, we, we effed up. We did not properly space things out, and that put us behind the eight ball, and we gave ourselves no leeway, no slack, and that's why we are 15 minutes late. So we're going to move forward, and we're going to be better from this. That's good coach speak right there. Now, we do have a couple of super chats before we even got underway that I want to get to right now as Matthew Kulpa with a $5 super chat. Time to shut the Watson and Stefanski haters up on Sunday. Go beat the Rappers and go Brownies. Woof, woof. Matthew, I love it. Like, Deshaun Watson had a pretty good second half, to say the least. Had a good three quarters. Like, was it the best football he's ever played? Of course not. But we are like bitching and moaning about a guy who threw two touchdowns, had over 200 yards, and didn't turn it over. And I say we, that we, that fraction of the fan base, is getting smaller and smaller by the week because it's tough to keep that narrative up when you look at the last two full games for Deshaun Watson where he balled out against the Titans and the Cardinals. Now, Tennessee and Arizona are likely not playoff teams this season, but Baltimore is. So it's going to be a huge test for Watson when he goes up a against a really good defense for the first time this year. Matthew, thank you so much for the Super Chat. I see we have a few more Super Chats. Our software is having a little bit of difficulty pulling them because they came in before the show started. So Trace is going to manually build them, but that just takes an extra 60 or seconds or so. And, well, unfortunately, we know that 60 seconds does, uh, does not always mean 60 seconds. So, time out. It is not Trace's fault. It was a joint, joint operation. It did not go well. Now, the question is, will he get the job? I sure hope so after we were 15 minutes late. He better get the job because yeah. he kept us from the Browns fans. I know, I know. So the other Super Chats that we had, um, we'll get on screen in just a second. Here's Jacob Kistner just fired one in. But I think Trace is done manually building them, maybe. We got one built. We got one built. We're going to check those out. And then we're going to get into a pretty jam-packed show today. But Ray Bidding had a Super Chat. Stefanski did not tip his playbook versus the Cardinals. We will see what the Browns are made of versus the Ravens. In the second half, I tweeted out, why does Kevin Stefanski have trust issues with Deshaun Watson? Because they ran it like 10 straight plays. And then I kind of realized he doesn't want Deshaun Watson to get hit. They have this game in the bag. There is no comeback coming from Clayton Toon in Arizona. So, Ray, I think you're partially right. Of Stefanski does not want to tip his playbook. And also, you did not want to see Deshaun Watson take a meaningless hit in a big lead against Arizona. So, Ray, I think you're on the right path of we're going to see a lot of uh, fun wrinkles from Kevin Stefanski this upcoming week. 
Brown Tiger had a $10 super chat. Good to see you, Brown Tiger. My main man, been rocking and rolling with us here on the channel for a long, long time, saying, I hope Deshaun Watson shuts up all the doubters on Sunday, like our third-string QB beat the number one Niners. Fully expect a complete game from Watson and his offense. Watson rushing touchdown, um, something around a touchdown, and pass to Amari Cooper. So, oh, ground touchdown, and... Um, so, oh, pass to Amari Cooper touchdown. So three touchdowns for Deshaun Watson from his biggest fan, the Brown Tiger. Brown Tiger, thank you very much. Best to you, man. Hope you're driving safe and appreciate all of your support. Ray Bidding with another super chat, by the way. Deshaun Watson will cut it loose versus the Ravens this Sunday. If Deshaun Watson and the Browns, like, ship pump the Ravens, I don't think the NFL is ready for what this fan base is about to become because we will be on our worst behavior online. We are going to be everyone's like biggest thorn as we are going to be the loudest fan base on Twitter. Jacob Kistner with a quick super chat, and then we'll get to all the goodies planned for today's show. We know what really happened here. $2 for the electric bill. It's not the electric bill. I think you guys can tell. We're pretty well lit. Like I'm a, a well-lit guy right now. Not an issue with the electric bill. Just had to go through an interview meeting and review an applicant. And I didn't want to like jet out of there too soon and not give him his fair time to evaluate and review his application. And then Trace got pulled away for 60 seconds that turned into six minutes. Now, before we get on to the rest of today's show, today's Cleveland Browns report is sponsored by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. So let's say you want to go see like an upcoming Browns game or a Cavs game. Well, with game time, you can get the best prices, lowest prices, and at a great speed as well in terms of just two taps and you are out of there. Plus, with game time, they're giving the dog pound $20 off their, your first purchase when you download the game time app and use the promo code BROWNSCHAT. So make sure you check that out. That way you guys can be saving money on all your trips to Browns games, Cavs game, or any other sporting event in the area, music event, theater, whatever your heart desires, Game Time has you covered. It's a, last, it's a place for last-minute seats. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code BROWNSCHAT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, create an account and redeem that code BROWNSCHAT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. One or two more Super Chats to catch up on before we get this show on the road. $2 Super Chat from the Brown Tiger. We have to win because my boss is a Ravens fan. Yeah, for Brown Tiger. Get it together, Watson and the boys. Like, can't let down Brown Tiger and his boss. So, well, we can let down the boss for the Ravens fan, but not for Brown Tiger. So, hopefully we can get you a win, Mr. Tiger. Now, before we get into the nuts and bolts of today's show, I do want to hear from everyone watching right now. Where are you tuning in from? Shout out your city. We have nearly 150 people hanging out with us currently. Only 24 alike, so let's get that number up. But shout out your city in the chat. Let me know where you are tuning in from. Oren Smith is in Raleigh. We have Ryan tuning in from Dayton, Ohio. Ray is in Phoenix. Ty Man back in Ohio. Brown Tiger is in North Carolina. I've got... Eris in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Michael's in San Antonio. Daryl is in Iowa. I've got Chris in Massachusetts. Ryan tuning in from Toledo, Ohio. 
Frank is in Venice, Florida. David's in Cleveland. I love it, David. I've got only one also in East Cleveland. And then I've got Miamisburg, Ohio, Rebecca, Georgia, Avon. So many great cities being represented in the chat right now. Let me know where you are tuning in from. And with that being said, I got one big question. Is Watson back? Or do you, and I could understand why, want to see a little bit more. Are you like, hey, I'm in the boat. Both feet are in. I'm just not ready to push off from the dock yet. Or you're like, nope. What I saw in two full games against Tennessee and Arizona, I have seen enough. The guy is 7-4 as a starter for the Browns this year. If you did a blind quarterback resume for Deshaun Watson, people would be astounded to think that's Watson based on how he was talked about in the media and how this has been a disaster of a trade for the Browns. So I think he's back. I think he's back. And I think we're going to see it against Baltimore this Sunday. But I want to know if you think he is back. Ty Man thinks he's back. Oren thinks he's back. Brooks thinks he's back. Ryan thinks he's back. Um, Brown Tiger. Hey, Petey, another letter since I did a $10 super. You got it. $10 super chat. I'll write you a personalized letter. That goes for Brown Tiger. That goes for anyone. I love writing letters. I keep the post office in business, baby. So if you want to get a personalized letter talking about Brownies football, NFL, Anything really under the sun related to football, $10 Super Chat. Hit me up with your address over on Twitter, and I'll pop that in the mail tonight. Now, we do have a mailbag, by the way, coming up at the end of the show. So hashtag Browns or Super Chat if you have a question about the Ravens game or just anything else. Um, we are going to be taking all questions on the show. And, like, you Super Chat, and you guarantee a spot on screen. So if you want to skip the line, get a fast pass, Super chat your way up to the front, and we will throw that on screen for everyone to see. Now, coming up on today's show, we've got some roster moves to talk about. The Browns made a couple of additions. They opened up some roster spots after putting two players on injured reserve. So we'll see what Andrew Barry has been up to over the last 24 hours. But this is what we have coming up on today's show, a Browns versus Ravens preview. And then Jacob Kistner, I hope you're still watching. I took your recommendation to heart. We are going to review my preseason predictions and hot takes and all that good stuff. See how they're faring right now. Was I on the money, on the money, or was I way off? And then we're going to look at an updated second half predictions for the Cleveland Browns. And then we have a mailbag that's going to have some of the roster moves that were made. So a lot of really important segments coming up on the show. Okay. Let's, uh, let's catch our breath here. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Okay. We're running a little bit behind, so I feel like I'm trying to make up with that with a motor mouth. Just take a deep breath, Matthew. Let's go, Petey. Here we go. Are we? No, I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. Um, are we ready to rock and roll? Let's do this thing. Let's talk brownies. I fucking love my job. Let's talk Cleveland Browns football. Here we go. <laughs> It's Ravens hate week. So you know what that means. I want to know who you got in this game. Browns or Ravens? Type CLE for Cleveland. Type BAL for Baltimore. Let me know what your honest prediction is for this upcoming game in Baltimore between the Browns and the Ravens. Welcome on into the Cleveland Browns report. Matthew Peterson here with my preview for a big AFC North showdown between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens kicking off 
12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, over in Baltimore with the 5-3 Browns taking on the 7-2 Ravens. It's going to be a big matchup, right? For one, it's an AFC showdown, AFC North showdown. Two, you've got divisional standings at place here with the Ravens being at the top and not just the Browns having an opportunity to inch their way a little bit closer, but unfortunately a loss would put them in last place most likely of the AFC North. So let's get to a bit familiar with these two teams just based off the numbers and then we'll start talking about the X's and O's for this matchup. So the Browns come in with the 14th scoring offense whereas the Ravens have the 6th scoring offense. As for Cleveland's defense, just like Baltimore, top three in terms of points allowed. The Browns have the number one yards allowed number defensively, whereas the Ravens are just on their heels at second. So just going off paper, these two teams stack up very well, and they would be a lot closer of a 28-3 game than it was last time. So I think with a healthy Deshaun Watson, we're going to see a much more competitive side from the Cleveland Browns. Now, a little bit more background on Baltimore before I give you guys my keys to victory and then predictions for the game. I think the Ravens come in with some good wins, right? Beat the Bengals, so do the Browns, but they also have some, like, head-scratching wins. You know what I mean? Any given Sunday, everyone has good days and bad days, but the Browns took care of business against the Titans and the Cardinals. The Ravens got by, by one-score wins against those opponents. Now, the Ravens also just the shit out of the Seahawks, a team the Browns lost to, but you get Seattle at home, make them fly across the country, whereas the Browns had the opposite flight across the country, and they had P.J. Walker starting, so it's not easy to go apples to apples there, but the Ravens at 7-2 and two are a good team. There's no doubt about it. I just don't think they are the team that people are making them out to be. Now, when we look at the AFC North standings in a moment here, Baltimore at 7-2 and two sits at the top, whereas the Steelers and the Browns and the Bengals, they are all in a log jam, tied for second, essentially, with a couple of tiebreakers separating them, but that's going to be cleared out and sorted out, I'm sure, later on in the year once we get some more results in. But this is a huge matchup when it comes to the division. That should go without saying. If the Browns can win this game, they would go to 6-3. and three. The Ravens would fall to 7-3. and three. They would be half a game back, whereas if they lose this game, 5-4, and four, it's not going to get you last place in pretty much every other division in the NFL except for the AFC North. So definitely a huge matchup for these two teams. So with that being said, I just want to get this out in the open right now. When it comes to AFC North matchups, I don't really care what happened last week. It's a throw-out-the-record-book kind of game. This is not the NFC West. This is not the 49ers playing the Cardinals. This is the Browns against the Ravens, two teams that hate each other. Fan bases that do not get along. History on the line here, and a lot of it as well, and not great for Cleveland. But it's a bar fight when it comes to AFC North football. And I love football that way. And I love the AFC North for that reason. But if you come into this game looking at, well, the Ravens won 28-3 last time. I don't care. That was September. There were leaves still on trees, on trees back then. Brand new ball game, baby. It's like that every time you suit up in the AFC North. So with that being said, let's check out my keys to victory for Cleveland, starting with number four, Deshaun Watson. I wanted Deshaun Watson takeover. This is more of a trying to speak it into existence than an absolute necessity for Cleveland to win this game. 
but it would help a ton because Watson comes off the second best game of his season so far, completing 19 of 30 passes for 219 yards, two touchdowns, doing some solid stuff with his legs as well. That kind of goes unnoticed. But Watson, the last two full games, completing 73% of his passes for 508 yards, four touchdowns. One, like, he has been exceptional for the last couple of games in his complete uh, stretch between Tennessee, I guess a little bit of Indianapolis, but we don't really even include that, and then this past game against the Arizona Cardinals. My take is, sure, the Browns can probably squeak out a win against anyone with this great defense, even if Deshaun Watson is not playing at an all-star Pro Bowl level. But we saw in Seattle that you just cannot bank on this defense every single week. And that's not something that just applies to Cleveland's defense. That applies to every great defense in the history of the NFL. How do I know that? Because the 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens, all of those teams would have gone undefeated. But we know that defenses at some point go, listen, we can hold teams to 10 points, but if you can't score 11, we're going to lose 10 to 9, and I don't want that reflecting poorly on us. So even if Deshaun Watson does not have his best game, we have seen the Browns have created many ways of winning games without great quarterback play. But I think you start playing with fire if every week you go into the game thinking, well, even if we don't get a good game out of whoever plays quarterback for Cleveland with this defense, they can win. That's true, but if you pull that card too many times, you're going to be burnt out at the end of the year. But I want to know from everyone watching right now, is Deshaun Watson back? Yes or no? Let me know if Deshaun Watson is back or if you need to see a little bit more from number four. Second key to victory for Cleveland. How about this one? Another wide receiver steps up. I mean, now I'm just talking about the entire second half of the year, but I think this really applies against the Ravens as well because the Browns receiving core, it has just been MIA after Amari Cooper. Elijah Moore has given us the second best effort, but that's good for 29 receptions for 270 yards. Marquis Goodwin and Cedric Tillman are combining for five grabs. They traded Donovan Peoples-Jones away. That opens up a lot of snaps for Cedric Tillman, Elijah Moore, and Marquise Goodwin. This is not a Marquise Goodwin, all these guys are bad at their jobs. There are plenty of instances where the quarterback has not thrown to an open receiver or has not been on target. But at some point, we just need to see results, right? This is a results-based business. And you can't, you can't skate on, well, I'm open, but no one's throwing me the ball for very long. So for Elijah Moore or anyone else, I need to see improvements. Now, Marlon Humphrey so far this year, through five games after missing the first couple of weeks, he has been one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Targeted 14 times, only allowed nine receptions, 84 total yards allowed, one touchdown, and one pass breakup. So if Marlon Humphrey kind of puts Amari Cooper on an island, we need someone else to step up. Because Amari Cooper is such a great receiver, he'll still get his fair share of wins against Marlon Humphrey, but we need to see an Elijah Moore day and a Marquise Goodwin day. Because when Amari Cooper is not going up against scrub corners against the Arizona Cardinals, it's not going to be as easy to move the ball down the field. That's where you need to see another wide receiver step up. Now, today's Cleveland Browns report, by the way, is sponsored by Game Time. Now, you should not have to worry when you're trying to buy tickets 
for your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. If you're trying to catch, say, an upcoming Browns game or you want to see another sporting event in your area, game time is the place to visit first. What I love about game time specifically is the ability to get last-minute tickets for the lowest price. There's nothing better than I say a spur-of-the-moment boys trip to a game, and with game time, you can do that without breaking the bank. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. They're also obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code BROWNSCHAT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, create an account and redeem the code BROWNSCHAT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Third key to victory against the Ravens. How about some nice soul, cold revenge against Baltimore? Because they, I wouldn't say exposed the Browns' defense, but they definitely gave the Browns' defense their first punch in the mouth of the season when they scored 28 points against Cleveland. In fact, if you go back to week four, in a little bit of defense for the Browns' defense, although I'm sure they would like to hold themselves to a higher standard, the Browns' offense turned it over three times in week four. And that gave the Ravens' starting field position at Cleveland's 10 and 38-yard line. Now, Jim Schwartz said himself, it's, it's tough when you get backed up like that. But to give up a touchdown on the very first play, which is what happened when they got to the 10-yard line after the initial interception from DTR, that's not a good sign for the defense. So I think Miles Garrett and this defense, they are going to want to bounce back. Now, I want to show some film really quickly here of Amari Cooper and with this Brown's offense can hopefully do moving forward. Because look at this play here, and this is just a sign of great things to come for Deshaun Watson and this offense. All right, this is from the Cardinals game. Unfortunately, I can't roll the tape, copyright laws and all, but you can see that Amari Cooper here is sandwiched in between two defenders. He's that little uh, yellow circle. He's got a cornerback below him and a safety above him. That means Deshaun Watson has to perfectly layer this throw between the second level and the third level of the defense. And look at how it is from Deshaun Watson's angle. With Spacebar, he is making a very difficult throw, Watson, between a corner and a safety, getting it right between those two guys, but having just enough velocity to get it past the cornerback, but not too much velocity, not too much of an overthrow where it goes to the safety. That is a throw that might go down the stat sheet as a 15-yard reception, but you can see Watson throws this from his own 15-yard line. Cooper's going to catch this at the 40-yard line. This is an absolute rope of a throw on the money, and it's perfect. But let's compare that to what Watson was doing a few weeks ago when he came back clearly too soon against the Indianapolis Colts. Because early in the game, here he's got, I think it's Marquise Goodwin, wide open, right? He's got five, six, seven yards of separation. This should be an easy completion. You can throw it on a rope to the receiver, or you can lead him a little bit towards the sideline, and he can pick up some extra yards. Instead, Watson clearly not at 100% at this throw, just kind of throws this one up for grabs, and the corner is able to recover and make a nice interception on the play. But as we saw in Arizona, 
the velo- or against Arizona, the velocity was there for Watson. So those types of interception, th- those types of passes, hopefully are completely erased from Watson because he's got a healthy shoulder moving forward. Fourth key to victory, though, for Cleveland, you got to win in special teams. If you're going to play Baltimore, who is the granddaddy of them all, with John Harbaugh, the special team czar, you're going to need your best effort, right? You're going to need more than your best effort on special teams. And that can come down to a kicking duel between Dustin Hopkins and Justin Tucker because we have seen far too many times just how good Justin Tucker can be. But Dustin Hopkins has been, honestly, a better kicker this year. Like, just going off the numbers, there's no comparison. Dustin Hopkins is 7 for 7 from 50 yards or plus. His weakness was distance, and he has been magnificent beyond 50 yards this year. He's converting 87% of his field goals. He's made 20 out of 23 attempts. Both of those numbers lead the NFL. I'm sure Stefanski likes having a high field goal made percentage, but he might want to see the attempts go down just a little bit because, well, they're kicking a lot of balls that maybe could be converted into touchdowns. But I think another big factor is James Prochet, who was recently added from the Ravens, by the way, to the Browns. And in his first game for the Cleveland Browns, he had six returns for 55 yards. DPJ who? Like the first time he went back for a punt return, James Prochet rocking number 11 for the Browns. I was like, is that a shorter DPJ? Oh, no. It's uh, James Prochet returning punts. And we're seeing an actual spark on special teams from the return game as a result. Fifth and final key to victory for Cleveland, this one's just for Kevin Stefanski. You and me, Kevin, don't get too cute. I understand. We like to get creative. I was re-watching the Browns-Ravens game, Kevin Ste- a Browns-Cardinals game. Kevin Stefanski had Nick Harris, his backup center, in a fullback. And not just in fullback, putting him in motion. And Harris was moving like a receiver behind the quarterback in the offensive line. He was moving down the field. But at the end of the day, when we get to these close games, these plus 500 matchups, right? Browns at 5-3, and three, Ravens at 7-2. and two. I feel like we always find ourselves in the same spot on Monday talking about the game. And that is one horrible decision from Kevin Stefanski completely glosses over a really good game plan from Stefanski. So I'm telling you right now, Kevin, there's going to be a moment in the fourth quarter It's going to be a close game, and you're going to want to run some trick play on third and two. Don't. Just give it to Kareem Hunt. If he doesn't get it, we can live with it. But you're not going to be able to sleep at night if you want to do a reverse with Harrison Bryant on third and two, and that costs us the game. So Stefanski, we all know what I'm talking about right now. Don't get too cute. Michael Scott, keep it simple, stupid. Before we get on out of here, I do want to update everyone on our sub numbers as we are in a battle with the Ravens Rundown channel. And it's kind of embarrassing because they are one of the smaller channels here at Chat Sports. And they have 10 more subs than us so far this week. So help me beat the Ravens Rundown in subscribers and hit the sub button down below to wrap up today's show. Is Deshaun Watson back? Let me know in the comment section if you feel like he's back, baby. Or if you need to see a little bit more. We've got a Ravens fan in the chat right now. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, they might be one of the biggest frauds in the NFL. I've got my fraud list coming out. 
At 7-2, they feel good about themselves. But the Browns didn't beat the Titans and the Cardinals by one touchdown. The Ravens did. Just going to put that out there. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't care about your feelings. Nick H. needs to see more. Um, I got Time Man saying yes. Kia says needs to see more. Tim Green wants to see a little bit more. Oren wants to oh, see enough. He says yes. Barry Chapman's tuning in from New Franklin, Ohio. Cool Guy says yes. Ryan says yes. All right, good to see. Good to see. Jacob Kistner. Oh, no, this is the next segment. Oh, we're good to go then. Okay. I got ahead of myself for a moment. We have 279 people hang hanging out with us right now. Just 65 likes. If you have not liked the video yet, I would really appreciate it if you just kind of scroll down, down, hit that thumbs up button. We're going to start our next segment once we get to 75 likes. So we need 10 more likes, 9 likes away, and then we are going to jump into what I think is a very fun segment. One I've never done before on the show, but it came from you, the viewers at home, as some inspiration for a video topic. So if you ever have an idea for a video... My DMs are always open. Okay, 75 likes. There we go. I am ready to roll if you are Mr. Trace. Okay, it's like 90 degrees in here. I'm going to talk for a second and turn the fan on. Because I am, well, can't make that joke anymore. It's not PC. Okay, here we go. Movie, um, what's the Christmas movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Have you ever seen it? Is it Jingle the, Bell? Uh, Jingle Bell Rock Jingle Bell Rock? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, Jingle Bell Rock or Jingle something? Bell Rock. We used to watch it all the time growing up. It's got one of my favorite lines in the history of film. Oh, yeah? I can't say it because I don't want to get canceled. But it's got a great line about being too hot. If anyone knows what I'm talking about right now, you know what I mean here. I'm sorry about the ads. I don't have, like, I have control over the ads to a certain degree. Like, I can always just manually add an ad. But YouTube just randomly places them. And when they randomly do it, I have no control. And I did not add an ad there. My hands are clean right now. Jingle all the way. That's right. Jingle all the way. Okay. What is it? Jingle? What? I don't know. I'm getting my Christmas movies all mixed up. Yeah. Jingle all the way. If uh, if anyone knows the reference, I, I'm not even making a, doing a good job of hinting at what line in the movie, but it references a Chinese restaurant. That's what I'm going to say. That's my hint. Um, are we ready to roll? Are you looking? Yeah. The first time I heard that, I didn't get it, and I asked my dad, and he's like, "If you ha his rule is when we were growing up, if you have to ask, you don't get to know. And I was like, all right. And then I got a little older, and then I know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jingle all the way, Chinese restaurant. One of, the, one of my favorite movie lines of all time. Um, I'm ready if you are. Oh, this is, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's see who's in the chat right now, by the way. We got, uh, we're talking Christmas movies for a moment here. You have David Washington. He's trending in the right direction. Yes. Brown Tiger says yes. How's Chubb coming along? He got one surgery done. It's November 7th right now. About five weeks ago. Unfortunately, it was initially suspected that he only tore his MCL. And then they came out of surgery, and they quietly said he'll need a second surgery to repair his ACL. I don't know if that means the full torn ACL or just needs a little bit of fixing up. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a surgeon. But it's not looking good. That's the unfortunate thing. Okay. 
Here we go. Let's jump into our next segment before we get to some roster moves that the Browns made on November 7th. Today's show comes from one of our viewers, and this serves as a good, I wouldn't say a reminder, but a good notice that if you yourself have an idea for a show, my lines are always open. Because Jacob Kistner sent in a super chat saying, going into week 10, can we have a flashback episode where you review your preseason predictions, where we currently stand, second half predictions, and NFL awards? Jacob, why not? I think that sounds like a fun show. So today, we're going to look back at some of the bold predictions I had going into the year, see how they're holding up, and then we'll make some predictions for the second half of the season. But I want to start things off by going back to when the schedule was was released. I put this video out. You can scroll back on the channel, find it yourself. And I went game by game. And I went win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. And so let's see how I'm looking so far. Um, so with that being said, let's look back at my schedule prediction, which is not off to a phenomenal start in some ways. I had the Browns beating the Bengals, beating the Steelers, beating the Titans, Losing to the Ravens, so 3-1 and one in that stretch. Then coming out of the bye, losing to the 49ers, okay? Unfortunately, I was right there. Beating the Colts, losing to the Seahawks. So, so far, I haven't missed, actually, except for the Steelers game. And then they had them beating the Cardinals as well. In fact, look at the rest of them here. Beating the Cardinals, beating the Ravens, beating the Steelers. I got pretty happy for this part of the season, I think, here. Might have got a bit carried away. Um, beating or losing to the Jags, beating the Bears, at the Texans, winning, versus the Jets, winning, losing to the Bengals at home. So, so far, I'm off to a pretty good record, 6-2 and two, if I counted correctly, and the Browns have definitely shown a lot of very positive things here. My preseason record prediction, I had them going 11-5-1, and five and one, or 11-6 and six actually, so overall, a lot of positive things for the Browns so far that hopefully we'll see more of now help us beat the ravens rundown in subscribers because we are going to have a big game on sunday against baltimore and i want to make sure the browns take down the ravens not only on the field but also within the walls of chat sports so if you could go ahead and subscribe i would really appreciate it now as for other predictions i made in the preseason i had the browns trading donovan peoples jones to the Detroit Lions. This was a trade I projected a few months ago, back in June. So I had the Browns trading DPJ to Detroit. Kind of got a little bit lucky on that one, but I sort of saw the connection there, and I thought, oh, that's got a good chance. Other bold predictions I made before the season, I had Watson throwing 34 touchdowns. That's not looking too likely. I'm going to chalk a lot of that up to him missing time, but even if he did play every game so far, 34 is definitely a big number to get to. Miles Garrett winning Defensive Player of the Year. That's definitely got some good legs to it. Nick Chubb had him winning the rushing title. That really stings. I uh, Cleveland winning the AFC North. That's very much in play. And I had the Browns going to the AFC Championship game. That is also very much in play. But maybe the proudest prediction I had from the preseason was the offseason moves that the Browns made. I had them ranked 10-1. to 1. And I think right now if you re-ranked them, we'd probably be in a very similar spot. Now, this was before the Dustin Hopkins trade, which would be number one right now, probably. But I had Marquise Goodwin at number 10. He's got three grabs so far. That seems fair. Rodney McLeod ahead of him. Yeah. Anthony Walker, Okoronkwo, and Juan Thornhill. 
I think if you were to rank those three signings, maybe you would flip Thornhill and Okoronkwo or maybe move up Walker a spot, but 8-7-6 right there. It seems like those guys should be in that order somewhat. At number five, I didn't have a player acquisition. I had Bubba Ventrone coming over. Special teams has been much better this year than it was last year under Mike Prefer. At number four, I had the Elijah Moore trade, which has been solid so far. It's probably not been what we all hoped it to be. I thought Elijah Moore could be a 1,000-yard receiver, so definitely going to fall short of that number at this pace. But I think Elijah Moore maybe goes from four to like five or six. But I think it's been a good trade so far. We're only halfway into the year. At number three and number two, Dalvin Tomlinson and Zadarius Smith coming over. I think both of those moves are better than the Elijah Moore trade, which at the time I remember was not a popular opinion to have those things ahead of Elijah Moore. But right now we're watching Dalvin Tomlinson get two and a half sacks and Zadarius Smith get a boatload of pressures. But maybe the thing I am most proud of is my number one offseason move I had ranked was Jim Schwartz being hired, which is looking like an absolute home run, season-saving hire, you could say. Because if the Browns had Joe Woods call on this defense, this team would not be 5-3. and three. They could very well be 3-5. and five. Now, next up on the show, we're going to run through my updated predictions for the second half of the season. What I think the Browns are going to do in the remainder of their games, and then what I have for the NFL awards predictions. But really quickly, I've got a fun sponsor to share with everyone today, and that is Waterboy. With the holidays approaching, our sponsor, Waterboy, is here to help you prepare for those nasty holiday hangovers. There's nothing worse than feeling like the Grinch while everyone else in the family is rocking around the Christmas tree. Most hydration powders are packed so full of sugar that they cause you to crash even harder. But with Waterboy, that's not an issue. Because not to mention you have to drink so many of them to get the electrolyte replenishments that your body really needs to recover. Although Waterboy has over nine times the electrolytes as Gatorade. Inside each stick of Waterboy, there's ginger for that nausea and help make your tummy feel a little bit better. There's also so many other things to help calm the nerves and reduce anxiety. So maybe the best part about Waterboy is how amazing it tastes. Their most popular flavors include strawberry, lemonade, lemon lime, and blue raspberry. You're actually going to want to drink these. Hundreds of thousands of people already trust Waterboy as their hangover cure. It's time to stop dealing with the anxiety alone. For a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off discount with our link at waterboy.com slash chatsports. That's 15% off at waterboy.com forward slash chat sports. It's time to ho-ho-ho hydrate this holiday season away. So let's get into my second half predictions for the Browns, starting with Kareem Hunt gets 10 touchdowns. He's at five already. I don't think I'm asking for a whole lot here. Five more touchdowns the rest of the way, which is bizarre because when they signed Kareem Hunt, if you remember, I wasn't jumping up and down about it because I felt like people might be um, wishful thinking that they're getting... The old, uh, the old Toledo Rockets, the old Kareem Hunt, but instead they're getting a guy that unfortunately is averaging like 3.3 yards a carry, but he is a uh, I mean, touchdown-seeking missile in the red zone. Amari Cooper reaches 1,000 yards. I think it's the first player ever in Cleveland Browns history, or first time in a long time a Browns wide receiver has back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. I think David Njoku has a career year. Touchdowns, receptions, yards, all the maxing out. It feels like we're just getting the tip of the iceberg with Njoku, and more is to come for the Chief. 
I think Grant Delpit gets a contract extension before the season is done. He is looking like a pillar of this defense for the next three to four seasons. And ultimately, maybe my biggest and boldest prediction, I think the Browns finish number one in sacks. The only reason why this team does not have more sacks is because they get off the field so quickly and force so many three and outs, they don't allow teams to drive down the field long enough for the defense to get sacks. They are professional get-on-and-get-off people. You know that one ride at Disney, the uh, moving ride, people mover? That's the Browns' defense. They just move on and off the field because all they do is force punch so quickly they don't have a chance to get to the quarterback. But when they do give up a very rare first down, they usually reward themselves with a sack on the next play. Now, with that being said, let's look at the remaining schedule here as I predict it the rest of the way. This one's a bold one. I'm going to go with a tie against the Ravens. Like, I want to say win, I want to believe win, but part of me feels like the Browns are kind of due for a tie, and these two teams are very evenly matched. So I would not be blown away if we get a tie on Sunday. I'm just having a little fun right now for ridiculous predictions for games because everyone likes to think they can get a crystal ball and predict months into the future when in reality, who knows who's even playing in these games. Week 11, home against the Steelers, that's a win right there. I am so confident in that one. They are going to ship pump. Pittsburgh Steelers because they suck. Week 12 at Denver. Win. I'm a little bit more nervous about this game than I was a few weeks ago. Broncos have won two in a row. Sean Payton's a good coach. Kind of a cross-country trip, the altitude, all that stuff. But I do think Cleveland can get the win here. Week 13, just like the last road trip, I think this one's going to be a one-on-one split. So you can maybe flip these two, have a loss at Denver and a win at the Rams. But I ultimately think if you're going to go across the country and you come back one and one, you're not going to be too upset with that. Week 14, they come back and they take care of business against the Jags. Jacksonville's winning games, but I'm not really afraid of the Jags. Are you? I'm not. I'll take a win against Jacksonville. Follow that up with a win against the Bears at home. Justin Fields comes back to the Buckeye State, and just like his last visit, it will not go very well. Week 16, this is my boldest take of all, probably. Maybe a loss at Texas. Like, I was on the train of Houston wins max three games this year. They just had a a very insane win against the Buccaneers at home on Sunday. Maybe it's just a revenge game for Houston against Deshaun Watson, who did not play very well, we remember, last time he was in Houston. Maybe this is a game the Browns kind of overlook, and they get snake bit, and they get caught by surprise. Week 17, there's a chance Aaron Rodgers plays in this game. I mean, he said after Monday Night Football, he's a few weeks away. This is like two months away, so it's not impossible. Two and a half, a month and a half, six, seven weeks. So keep an eye on that one. It's a potential Aaron Rodgers return, but I think this will be a win for Cleveland. Week 18, a loss at Cincinnati. The Browns have dominated Joe Burrow and the Bengals, but the Bengals are improving. Joe Burrow is healthy. T. Higgins is getting to a bit of a rhythm. They're going to be a problem. I think this could be a loss on the road. So ultimately, I have the Browns going 10, 6, and 1. That is no doubt going to get them a playoff spot. There are seven teams that make the playoffs. Last year, the seventh seed, the Dolphins, won nine games. So 10 wins is going to get you at least the seventh seed, but I think it could get you the sixth seed. And I think it might be Ravens as the division winner, Bengals as the first wild card spot, and then Browns as the second, or flip-flop those two, or rearrange them however you want because it could become a log jam. But that feels like that's sort of the path these two or three teams are on right now. Now, as for some NFL awards predictions, how about the MVP does not go to a quarterback? 
the favorites, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has not looked like the most valuable player in football this year. Although Christian McCaffrey has. He's a professional touchdown scorer. He does it every single week. He is insanely valuable to San Francisco. He is the MVP in my eyes. You can look at his stats so far this year. He has 13 total touchdowns, and we are at week 8 or week 10. He's played 8 games coming off a bye. I think it's very fair for Christian McCaffrey to end the run and be the first running back to win the MVP since AP did it back in 2012. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. It's going to be a tight race for defensive player of the year. You've got a lot of good competitors uh, between Miles Garrett and TJ Watt and Micah Parsons, Daniil Hunter. All these guys are making good cases for it. But ultimately, if there's one guy who completely turns games upside down, it's Miles Garrett, and I think he's going to win this award. Offensive player of the year, which should just be the MVP if it's an offensive player, but whatever. I think that goes to Tyreek Hill. The guy, I think, is making the Chiefs really regret that trade. I know they won that Super Bowl still, but Tyreek Hill and Tua this year, they have been phenomenal, right? I mean, Tua for comeback player of the year as well. Look at Tua's numbers so far. 2,600 yards, 19 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. I know they had some tough sledding against good teams, but I think Tua's got a real chance to win comeback player of the year. I believe DeMar Hamlin is the favorite, although I'm not trying to take anything away from DeMar. It would be a little bit, I shouldn't say odd, but unique if DeMar Hamlin won comeback player of the year but never really played because he's a healthy scratch pretty much every single week for Buffalo. So that could change. But I would think the comeback player of the year might go to someone who has, you know, been active and has been playing games. So let me know what you think of my predictions all in all. But also, will Miles Garrett win Defensive Player of the Year? Yes or no? Chime in for me down in the comment section below whether or not you think Miles Garrett wins Defensive Player of the Year. All right. We had a super chat fly in, I saw. I think Miles Garrett's got a pretty good shot. I mean, that's kind of Captain Obvious talking right now. Uh, I really like the path Miles Garrett is on to win his first ever NFL Defensive Player of the Year. I'll also add this, and we know this more so for the NBA than the NFL. Usually awards are like, all right, who's kind of due, right? Like, you can't have the same guy win it over and over, even if LeBron does deserve MVP 10 straight times. They want a little bit of variety. Miles Garrett is sort of just overdue for a Defensive Player of the Year award. And if he's having the best year of his career, it feels like a good time to give it to him. Well, in the defending Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa, he isn't playing – I'm not going to say he's not playing bad because he's not playing bad. But in comparison to last year, yeah, the numbers are very down. Exactly. Uh, Miami Mac, what's going on, dude? Good to see you. My prediction, Watson throws 250 yards – three touchdowns, one interception, one fumble. National media starts believing Watson is working his way back. That seems pretty fair, honestly. Like, I wish the turnovers were a little bit lower, but they are going up against a good Baltimore Ravens defense that can definitely take the football away. So that would not be out of the realm of possibility for those types of numbers. And if he has that kind of day and it's followed with a win, then I think we might see the national media start changing their tune on the Browns altogether. Mac, thank you so much for your Super Chat, man. Hope you're doing well. And we have one more segment to get to. It's a mailbag. We also have some roster moves to hit on at the start, so we'll take all the questions for the, sec for the second half of the video. But start getting those questions in right now. 
Hashtag Browns. We have a couple of Super Chats we can include. So if you want to skip the line, guarantee a spot on screen. Super Chat your way, and we will throw that on for everyone to see. All righty. Are we ready to kind of jump into a mailbag and some roster moves? All right. I'm ready when you are, Mr. Trace Gerard. What's going on, everyone? Welcome on into the Cleveland Browns report. We got some roster moves to talk about, and then we're going to take some questions from our live audience during our live show, which airs every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. But first, I want to highlight the recent roster moves made by the Browns. <clears throat> Excuse me. They made a couple of additions to the active roster. They signed Garyon Christian, an offensive tackle who's got a lot of NFL experience. I think he has 20 career starts under his belt. So that gives him a little bit of flexibility and some insurance behind James Hudson as long as Jedrick Wills is gone, which he was officially placed on IR today. So that means he will miss at least the next four weeks. James Prochet was also signed to the active 53-man roster. Now, they could have kept promoting him from their practice squad, but unfortunately, Cameron Mitchell, the rookie corner who filled in for Greg Newsome, he went down with a hamstring injury. I did not see that one at all. So he's out for the next four weeks. And so with two open roster spots, Prochet was the most deserving based on what he did for special teams last week. And once those two guys were added from the practice squad to the roster, well, the Browns had some practice squad spots open up. Trinity Benson is a preseason legend. Trinity Benson is the Austin Watkins for Denver. That's the kind of guy you just signed to your practice squad. Vincent Gray, people might remember the name, a uh, guy from up north specifically. Maybe he's going to be able to steal some signs. Just I, I didn't say that. You said it. For the Cleveland Browns defense moving forward. Justin Murray, an offensive lineman, he was added to the practice squad. He's got a lot of NFL experience. I think he's the one who's got more experience than Christian, actually. And then they released a tight end because they wanted to add three guys to the practice squad and bring on an extra offensive lineman. So here's how the offensive line looks like for Cleveland after all these moves. James Hudson steps in at left tackle. I don't think you're going to see Dewan Jones go to left tackle and have James Hudson play right tackle, but maybe we see a change if Hudson is really struggling at left tackle. Christian comes on to be the new swing tackle potentially if something were to happen to Hudson or Jones. And well, Jones has gone down in two straight games now, so it's not impossible. As for the wide receivers, Prochet joins Cooper, Moore, Goodwin, Tillman, and David Bell. So a six-man wide receiver room. And then the cornerback room is a little bit thin if they don't get Greg Newsom back. Because if they don't get Greg Newsom back with Cam Mitchell on IR, I could see them, and I think they will, call up A.J. Green for one of those three free call-ups from the practice squad. But the cornerback room all of a sudden is a little bit thin and does not have a lot of good insurance policies in place. Ultimately, though, I think it's clear that with Jed Wills not going to season-ending injured reserve, there will be no Jason Peters signing, right? No veteran tackle coming in to fill in the rest of the season. The Browns are going to try and hold down the fort until Jed Wills comes back with James Hudson and Dewan Jones. I think they're confident in their guys, right? They're confident in their coaching staff to get those players prepared for the next four or five weeks until Jed Wills can come back. Now, really quickly, never miss a roster move when you are subscribed to the channel. I don't want you in the dark for a single thing. So if you want to join the number one Browns news and rumors channel, hit that sub button down below. Now let's get to some questions for our mailbag on today's show. As this first one comes in from everyone's favorite dad from Step Brothers, you wrecked my boat, you, you goons. Um, 
Should the Browns sign Sammy Watkins? Good question. Remember, they brought Sammy Watkins in for a workout. They have his cousin, Austin Watkins, on the practice squad, who I'd like to see maybe get a chance before they bring in Sammy Watkins. But there is something to be said. The Browns' wide receiver room is getting very little production after Amari Cooper. That has to change. You just can't bank on one guy being the entire production for an entire room. If something were to, God forbid, happen to Cooper, we are SOL. If Cooper goes up against a really good cornerback, like, say, Marlon Humphrey from the Baltimore Ravens, who's going to step up and command more targets and get more first downs and keep the chains moving? We need to see more production. And if they don't see more production, I could see the Browns dipping into the free agency pool to see which veteran is out there. But if you were Andrew Barry and you were calling the shots, would you add a wide receiver or would you stick with this current room? Let me know what your thoughts are when it comes to the Browns adding another wide receiver down below in the comment section. <clears throat> we got a super chat coming in from Dr. Crew. I don't think we give PD enough credit for giving the best news and rumors about our brownies. This looks like such a plant by me right now, but I promise it's not. Dr. Crew, that's going to make one hell of a subscriber right there. Thank you very much for your kind words, dude. I really appreciate you. And hey, if you want more Browns content, like Dr. Crew, join the channel. Miami Mac, what's going on, dude? I think we should sign Taylor Luan, or at least bring him in for a workout. So the first question I ever have when it comes to bring, insert veteran in, kind of like the Rams do with Carson Wentz, is are they in football shape, right? Can they play in the National Football League? Because often, especially for offensive linemen, we see them get out of the league, not go through training camp, not get signed in September, and they may be losing some weight, right? Not staying... 300-plus pounds, and that's what you need to be to block big defensive tackles. So if Taylor Luan is in football shape, yeah, I would be very interested in bringing him in for a workout because James Hudson is a career right tackle mostly. This is going to be a new thing for him, and if he starts to sink, Taylor Luan might be able to come in and just fill the gap for three to four weeks until Jed Wills comes back and keep this season moving. Oren Smith, next one up on the show. Do you think James Hudson can replace Jed, or could we get another left tackle? I think James Hudson can do an okay job. I know we're all kind of freaking out about losing a starter, but let's also remember Jed Wills was not playing all that well to begin with. I think there's an issue with sports fans, like an epidemic, if you will. When a starter goes down, sports fans assume that moving forward, they are playing one man short. The Browns don't have a left tackle. No, that's not true. The Browns don't have Jed Wills at left tackle. James Hudson's going to fill in. Now, there's going to be a difference between the two, but that difference is usually not as big as sports fans think it is. When we just assume because that guy's out, then that means there's just no more wide receiver, no more running back or anything like that. No, it's just how much of a production decrease are we going to see? And going from Wills to Hudson, I don't think it's going to be that big of a drop-off at all. Now, before we get on to the rest of the questions on today's Cleveland Browns report, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor today, which is Game Time. Now, you guys should not have to worry when you're trying to buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. 
Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. So download the Game Time app, redeem this code BROWNSCHAT for $20 off. Again, terms apply, but download the Game Time app, redeem the code BROWNSCHAT for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Cool, guys. Next up on the show, it was just like the AFC East last year. All the AFC North teams could make it into the playoffs. What do you think about this, Petey? If the playoffs were today, yeah, all four teams would be in the playoffs. I don't think the Steelers make the playoffs. They have been outgained, out yardage every single game this season. That's going to catch up to you. Eventually, those breaks are not going to go your way for 17 weeks. They have gone their way enough, and they have been well-coached. It's Mike Tomlin. He refuses to go below 500. I don't think the Steelers go to the playoffs. I think the other three teams do. That I do agree on. Ryan Chowdhury next went up on the show. How good does Watson have to do with our defense hopefully playing great? I mean, we saw with P.J. Walker, the Browns could beat the best team in the NFL at the time with the San, in the San Francisco 49ers with very bad quarterback play. But one drive at the end of the game can erase all those bad plays beforehand. Ultimately, I think if Deshaun Watson goes out there and averages over the next 9, 10 games or wherever, 240 yards, 230 yards, and two to three touchdowns to one turnover, like, that team is going to win a lot of games, right? You get two touchdowns from Deshaun Watson, and you get one on the ground, that's three touchdowns, you get one or two field goals, we're talking about an offense averaging nearly 30 points. You just need the defense not to give up more than 21 points, and you are home free. So Watson does not need to play at an insane level because he has such a great defense backing him up. What's going to make the Browns very dangerous, though, is when they get to the playoffs and the Browns' defense faces the best offenses in the league, the Browns' offense will be able to go like step-for-step, punch-for-punch with the best offenses across the AFC, but the difference will be they won't all have a great defense like Cleveland does. Joshua Miller, should we look at signing Lael Collins? So Lael Collins, longtime Cowboy, and then Cincinnati Bengal, who tore his ACL, I think it was, very late last year, and then was released by Cincinnati earlier this year, is a career right tackle guy. He has never played left tackle. He played a little bit of left guard, if I remember correctly, but never left tackle. So if you want to sign Leo Collins, you'll be teaching him a new position. And if he can roll with that, maybe. Jason Peters was able to move all over the place. But I have my concerns about adding a guy in November and asking him to play a position he has never played before. He's never taken a snap at left tackle. Big Ben is bad. Okay, I concur. Uh, who needs to step up the most in the second half of the year? Good question. What about Jerome Ford? Right? I think the easy answer could be Deshaun Watson needs to step up more. But we've seen the last couple of games, Deshaun Watson, when healthy, he plays pretty well. And we have also seen that even with below-average quarterback play, defense can win games. But can we see more productivity from the running back room? And it's tough for Jerome Ford because he goes from being a backup, like being the um, Alex Moran behind Nick Chubb, knowing I won't have to do much, to all of a sudden being the number one running back in an offense that loves to run the football. Like That's a big graduation moment in a very short time span. But I would love to see more out of Jerome Ford. They've got Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong there in the wings as well. 
But if we can get a little bit more consistency out of Jerome Ford, I feel like that's going to make life a lot easier for Watson as he continues to get better and better week by week. Joshua Miller, next one up on the show. Any word on an upgraded or new stadium? The latest I saw was the city of Cleveland put out some like renderings of improving the overall surrounding area of Cleveland Brown Stadium, right? A little bit more of a like city walk around the lakefront and whatnot, putting in bars, restaurants, shops, all that good stuff. But I have not seen the Haslams come out and say what they are prepared to do. And this is probably going to be a not a legal battle by any means, but like a lawyer battle-ish between the Browns and the city and the state and the county as to who wants to pony up the most money, right? The city does not want to put in too much money from the taxpayers, and the team wants the city to put more money in from the taxpayers because, well, the city is going to get a lot of money with all these new restaurants coming in and sales tax and things like that and travel tax and things like that, people coming in for the Browns and concerts and things like that. So no word yet. I think that's what it's going to come down to is trying to find a middle ground between the team and local and state government for who wants to chip in more money for this new stadium. Ryan Chowdhury, last question on the show. How good does Watson have to play this week with the defense? I mean, I literally think Deshaun Watson could throw for 200 yards and one touchdown. And if he does not turn the ball over, that could very well be enough to win the game. Like, think about it. He throws one touchdown to Amari Cooper. They get one on the ground from Kareem Hunt. That's 14 points. They get two field goals. If I tell you before the game, the Browns scored 20 points, you're thinking they've got a very good shot of winning this game. On, de on defense, they give up less than 20 points a game. So Watson does not need to play out of his mind to take down Baltimore. But my whole thing is, you have asked your defense to bail you out so many times. At some point, you're going to pick up the phone and no one's going to be on the other line because the defense can't do it every single week. And we saw that in Seattle. They had to get a first down there. They didn't. Defense couldn't hold up their end of the bargain, unfortunately. So I don't want to use that card too many times and get to the end of the year and the Browns' defense just being out of gas. That's going to do it for us on today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate everyone who takes time out of their day to come tune into the Cleveland Browns report. We're going to sign off. We're going to catch up with everyone later. If you enjoyed our content, make sure to like the video if you have not already. 